Again, I want to remind you of a phrase that we've been speaking about a lot over the last several weeks, and uh, it's this. Do not doubt in the darkness what God has shown you in the light. One of the reasons that we've been doing the memory verses is specifically just for that, so that as you memorize Scripture, God would bring back these things that he's reminded you of in the light, especially when you're going through difficult, dark times in your life. So kids, uh, not only have we been asking you in Awana when Awana starts up to memorize verses, but I've been asking your parents and all these other adults to memorize verses. And so we're going to say these verses. So if there's some of you that are like, oh, I need to cover my eyes in order to say these verses, that's fine. Go ahead and do it. But they are going to be up on the screen, and I want you to say them with me. So here we go. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Luke 18, 27. Jesus said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. John 16, 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. James 5.16. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, do what it says. In Joshua 1.9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And then Luke 1.37, I think it's, is it 1.37 or 1.27? Anyway, whatever. Thank you. For no word from God will ever fail. And again, as we think about that, do not doubt in the darkness what God has shown you in the light. The people of God in the book of Exodus, specifically Exodus chapter 14, we've been looking at over and over again. The people of God have been let out of, been freed from Egypt by God. God has led them in the wilderness to the Red Sea, and he has promised that he's going to save them. They are in a moment that, of darkness, Egypt is coming at them with their full army. They have the Red Sea on one side. There seems to be no way possible to get out of it. And yet God has said, I'm going to make a way. This is what's going to happen. And God does part the Red Sea. They walk across on dry land just as he said they would. And then Pharaoh's army followed in after them and God destroyed that army. He did exactly what he said he would do. And so don't Doubt in the darkness what God has shown you in the light. God has been showing the people of uh, his people that he can be glorified, that he is all-powerful, that, that he is in control. And as a result, the desire of God's heart is that we would bring, that they would bring him glory. And we said to bring glory means to put the spotlight on. And what it means is really to put all the attention, the focus on God. God is the one that brought them out of Egypt. God is the one that parted the Red Sea. God is the one that led them every step of the way. And he has the power, and so we should want to glorify him. They were to glorify him in and through their lives. He led them every step of the way as they were praying as they were waiting on God, asking God to show them, asking God to direct them, God led them every step, every single place they went. God was the one that was directing them, showing them that he is in control and that he hears their prayers and he delivers people and delivers them. God told them. God told them, though, that, you know what, it's not just all me, it's you as well. You need to obey and I don't know about you kids, uh, when you guys obey, does it work out better for you at home when you obey than when you disobey? I know, I know for me growing up, when I was a kid, if I obeyed, things worked out better for me. When I disobeyed, it didn't work out well. Now, I got to be honest, there were times where I was asked to do things I did not want to do. Anybody else ever have that? 
You ever, you ever been asked to do something you don't want to do? Kids, you ever been asked to do something you don't want to do? Adults, if you've ever been asked to do something you don't want to do, you're like, every day, I don't want to get up and go to work, but too bad, you've got to. Obey. It, I don't know what it is, but when we obey, things seem to work out better, even when it's something we don't want to do. Same thing with the people of God. As they're following after God, were the things that God was saying that maybe they didn't want to do? Sure. But they found out obedience is much better than disobedience. And they realized, oh, man, we need to obey God as he shows us what to do. God revealed to them his presence. Through the cloud by day, the fire by night, God was always with them. They were never, ever alone. Think about that. You and I, because of the Holy Spirit in us, if we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the Bible says you and I are never, ever alone. God is always with us. So even when you are alone physically, God is right there with you. You are never, ever, never, ever, never, 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 ever, 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 ever alone. You're never alone. Kids, say that out loud. Never alone. Say that. Good job. You're never alone. You are never alone. What a beautiful thing to know that God is always with us. And the beauty of that is, as God, even the things that he said he would do, God did exactly what he says. Why? Because he never fails. God always keeps his word. God will always do what he says he will do. He never fails. Just like he never leaves us alone, he will never fail you. He never will fail you. He always keeps his word. And he uses the events of your life, the struggles of your life, the darkness of your life, he uses that to deepen your faith. He uses that to help you to grow in your love and understanding of who he is so that in future times you're able to rely on him and allow him to lead and direct your life. And those really have been a summary of the nine rules that we've looked at over the last nine weeks. Uh, And today we're going to be looking at the tenth, the final one from the story of Exodus. And so if you would, turn to Exodus chapter 15. Not 14, Exodus chapter 15. Y'all are like, whoa, we've been in Exodus 14 for nine weeks. You're right. We're going to look at two verses in Exodus chapter 15. As you're turning there, I'll just tell you a little bit of a a story of of myself. When I was a kid, uh, I had the opportunity to go to, uh, I I think, the greatest football stadium in the whole wide world uh, and cheer on the greatest team that I think exists in the whole wide world, and uh, that is the Michigan State Spartans. Casey, where are you at? Um, there she is. Go green. Go green. Yes, there it is. Uh, anyway, and uh, we have a mutual love for Michigan State. And, uh, and so uh, we would get to go, I'd get to go and watch a game. And uh, at that game, every time they would score, every time it was just at the beginning of the game, the end of the game, we always were singing the Michigan State fight song. And uh, even on my phone, if you ever hear my phone ring, it's the Michigan State fight song. It's on my, on my phone. And uh, why? Because we were praising our team. We were excited about what was going on. We were excited about the fact that they were winning or they were scoring, whatever, especially when they played the University of Michigan, the bad guys. I can't even believe I just said their name. The, the, the school that's unmentionable, I should have said that. Uh, but anyway, when, when we would play them, we would, we would cheer and we would go nuts when they would do great things. And, and it's interesting, Louis Giglio in his book, Wired, it's all about worship. He says the greatest worship happens on Friday evenings, on Saturdays, and on Sundays in arenas all around the United States. Think about that. Friday nights, high school football night. Saturday, college football day. Sunday, NFL football. Man, there is some crazy worship going on in those places on those days all around the United States. And really, even yesterday, Nebraska played Northwestern in Ireland. So now it's spreading across other places. There's crazy, I mean, people are getting up doing crazy stuff, excited about what their team is doing on the field. Shouldn't we, as God's people, 
when God shows up and God does something amazing and God does, I mean, God parts the sea and we walk across on dry land or whatever it is that God does in our life, shouldn't that cause us to want to stand up and praise him, stand up and exalt him, stand up and, and get crazy for him? And that doesn't mean that we got to dress up like a Green Bay Packer fan. All right, I've seen some Green Bay Packer fans dress up 20 below zero, got no shirt on, but they are painted yellow with green arms and crazy hair and all that other stuff. I'm not saying we got to do that. Um, please don't. Like, I mean, if you show up like that, that's cool, whatever. Uh, you can worship here. No, okay, maybe not without a shirt, but whatever. Um, so it's just, I'm not saying that, but, but there's something about us worshiping and praising God that should mean so much more to us than, than what we do at a game that has no eternal value whatsoever. None. No eternal value. And yet, we'll go crazy. Crazy. We'll get loud about that. I mean, people have that, that I know, the Michigan State fight song by heart. Why don't, we, why don't we praise God like that? That same intensity. Why don't we worship him like that? Shouldn't Sunday mornings be the most intense and most amazing glimpse of glory that we'll have when we get together and worship? I'm thankful for Aaron and, and for our worship team and all the work that they do to lead us in that, whether it's a chorus, whether it's a hymn, whether it's a hymn chorus, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I think we're going to get, I had a discussion earlier this week with somebody, I think we're going to be really pleasantly surprised, maybe even awkwardly surprised when we get to heaven and we're singing all kinds of different stuff. Um, and it's not just going to all be hymns, and it's not just going to all be choruses. It's going to be a, a whole bunch of whatever. And uh, we're just worshiping Jesus and, and, and shouldn't Sunday morning be a glimpse of that? Shouldn't, shouldn't it be a, a reflection of that? And so, so that's, that's rule number 10, and it comes from Exodus chapter 15. Look at verses 1 and 2. Moses and the people of Israel, remember what's just happened. They've just crossed the Red Sea. The Egyptian army has been defeated. They have been delivered. Moses and the people of Israel sang a song. This is actually the first song that's recorded in the Word of God. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God. I will praise him. My Father's God, I will exalt him. Here's the crazy thing. like Studying that word praise, and here's what it means. It means to allow to dwell in. It means to, to abide with. It means to let God make our heart his home. So like in Psalm 22, verse 3, it says, God inhabits the praise of his people. Well, what God's desire is and what they were saying is, God, you become the home of my, let my heart be the home of you. May, may I be so filled up with you. May I be so filled up with who you are and what you have done for me that I can't help but talk about it. And so he says, I will praise him. I will make God in my heart. I will let him be in my heart. I will let him so fill up my mind that it overflows out of my mouth and I exalt him. I proclaim him. I tell other people about him. That's the idea here. Matthew 12, verse 34, Jesus even, as he's talking, he says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I need, I need a kid who is between grades three and five. Come on down. Three and five, third grade and fifth grade. Come on, come on, come on down. Are you, you going to be my helper? Sweetness. Here we go. What's your name? Nora. All right, thank you, Nora. This is a sponge. Now, this sponge is your brain, your mind, your heart. All right, you're, you got that? Everybody okay with that? Don't, 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 don't weird out with that. All right. What's in there? Water, all right. Go ahead and put the sponge in there. 
soak up some water. Good. Soak it up. There you go. Now, now hold it up just a little bit. Y'all can see it dripping off, right? All right, now I want you to wring that sucker out in that bucket. All right, good job. Keep doing it. Wring it out. Yeah, there you go. Good job. She's a good ringer. Nice job. All right. Thank you, Nora. Let's give her a hand. Thank you, Nora. You can get it down. Thank you very, very much. All right, so what am I getting at? Here's the thing. What are you allowing your mind, your heart to soak up? Because whatever it is that you're soaking up in your mind and your heart is what is going to be squeezed out in your life when the pressure is put on. You're not, it's not water in and Kool-Aid out. Water in, water out. You, you guys have heard the old saying, garbage in, garbage out. It's the exact same concept. Good things in, good things out. Out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth will speak. So rule number 10 is that we should be speaking praise. Praise. Let God fill your mind that you cannot help but talk about him. So, so examine your heart. Examine your mouth. Examine the words coming out of your face every single day. Are they praise? Would you say that, that praise is, is on your lips? Would you say that, that praise is something that is coming out of, out of your mouth because it ultimately is coming out of your heart? Or do you find yourself complaining, arguing, frustrated, angry, all these things that can easily come out of our lives, here's what we need to understand is, is most likely the reason that stuff's coming out of your mouth and out of your heart is because that's what you're filling your heart up with. Why do I know that? Because when I was a teenager, I had, I, as they would say, I had an issue with I would cuss like a sailor. Big time. Why is that? I can tell you this, it wasn't because I was hearing it at home. It wasn't because I was hearing it at home, not from my mom and dad. But what my mom and dad didn't know was the music that I was listening to. And I was listening to music that was full of that kind of stuff, and you know what? It was coming out of my mouth. Why? Because I was filling up my heart. I was letting those words become home in my heart, in my life, so that when I went to talk, that's what came out. Am I against music? No, absolutely not. Love music. There's so much good music. But I'm telling you, and, I, and I, I remember as a youth pastor, and I would talk to kids who had issues like I did, and I'd be like, hey, what music are you listening to? I, and they would rattle off something. And then inevitably, this is what I would hear all the time. It's not about the lyrics. It's all about the beat. I like the beat. Oh, really? So the lyrics don't matter. Because what I hear you singing is the lyrics. I don't hear you singing the beat. And, and by the way, if a song, if the lyrics in a song didn't matter, then why would they have lyrics in a song if they didn't matter? It would just be beat. I'm telling you, and you can think about this in your own heart, in your own life, I, I, I could, in our van, on our way home from a youth retreat, turn on a radio station, play a song, and everybody in the van would start singing that song. I would, turn, I would put in a CD with a, okay, this is maybe aging me a little bit, even tapes back in the early days, and, and I stick in a tape or I stick in a CD with a worship song on it, and it's crickets. Am I, am I lying here? Like, any of y'all that have been with me know, okay, yes. And you know what's crazy? For me, I haven't listened to some of that music in 30 years. 30 years. And you know when those lyrics go through my mind? Still to this day. Do you know when they go through my mind? When I'm standing right up here on stage. And those lyrics will replay in my mind from 30 years ago. Oh, you're, you're right. Words make no difference in songs. Please. Please. 
Like, like whenever, what, what's his name, song, Caroline or whatever it is that comes on, everybody starts singing that. See how hard, like right now you're thinking, you're thinking about it. I just planted that seed in your head and I should not have done that. Bad idea. What you put in your mind, what you put in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Here, here's an idea. What if instead of Instead of watching, by the way, some of y'all, you sit in front of the TV all the time watching news all day long, and then all you can talk about is how bad everything is. Um, I got news for you, <laughs> newsflash, pun intended, it's because of what you're listening to. If you sit there in front of a TV and watch that all day long, that is what's going to come out. I guarantee you, you sit in front of a TV and watch the Weather Channel all day long, what you're going to be talking about is the weather. It's, it is going to happen. So what are you feeding your heart? What are you feeding your mind? Think about the people of God. Think about what we studied earlier in, in Exodus 14. When they started to see the army coming, what did they start doing? They started complaining to God. They started complaining to Moses. What, did you just lead us out here to die in the wilderness? We were better off in Egypt than out here. Why did you do this? What did it say before that had gripped their hearts? Starts with F, ends with ear. Thank you. Fear. Fear had gripped their hearts, and as a result of the fear they had taken home in their heart, they proclaimed with their mouth what they were afraid of. We are going to die out here in the wilderness. I'm telling you, if you want to live a life that is praising and honoring God, and check this out, here's this week's memory verse, Psalm 34.1, I will bless the Lord at all times. Doesn't say sometimes, doesn't say when you feel like it, doesn't say when it's convenient, doesn't say just at church. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's the goal. That, that is what we should be aiming for in praise. That is what we should be aiming for in our lives is that, and, and, I, and I get it, listen, I understand it. that is a lot easier to read and, and to say and to memorize than it is to actually practice. Because we're inundated all the time, all around us with all kinds of mess. Whether it's internet or people or, or music or talk radio or whatever it is, we're inundated all the time with negative, 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 negative. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. How is that possible? Well, without the Lord, it's absolutely impossible. There's no way, there is no way, if you do not know Jesus, if you do not have God in your life, if the Holy Spirit of God is not taking up residence in your heart, there is no way possible that you can bless God continually. No way. So that's number one, you gotta put your faith and trust in Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus, Philippians 4, 8, and 9 gives us some indication of what we can do. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any worthy of praise, think about these things. Think on them. Dwell on them. Meditate on them is what he's saying. Let them soak up in your mind and take residence in your mind and in your heart. And then he goes on. He goes on, he says, verse 9, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And look what happens. And the God of peace will be with you. Check this out. What does that mean? 
What is peace? Peace is the absence of war, the absence of conflict. What happens when we allow ourselves to continually have the praise of God on our lips? God allows his peace to guard our heart and our mind. That same passage, Philippians 4, 8, and 9, if you go back just a verse, to verse 7, it says, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Some of you all know what that is. My mom's even talked about that in the last few days as she's been in the hospital. Knowing people's praying for her. She's like, I don't know what it is, but I just know she does know what it is. But she's like, there's this peace in my heart. It's just an overwhelming peace. It's, a, it's just amazing, she, keep, she keeps saying. And she knows that it's God. She knows that God is working. She knows that people are praying, and there's a peace that surpasses all understanding, guarding her heart and her mind. I can tell you this. When, when I was a teenager, and the stuff that I was listening to and allowing into my mind, I was soaking up my, my brain with, there was very little peace. There was lots of struggle, lots of hardship, lots of war going on in my head, in my soul. That's not God's desire. God's desire is to bring you peace. So what are you thinking on? What, what are you thinking on? So, so we're going to practice here a little bit, all right? It, I mean, Paul said practice these things, so let's practice. Maybe this will be the first time ever that you'll say this phrase, I praise God for. So I want you to think about something, something that God has done. Maybe it's even the person right next to you. I praise God for whoever you are. Uh, I praise God for your love. I praise God for your steadfast. I praise God, whatever it is. Think about it, what it is. Got it in your mind? Now turn to the person next to you and tell them. And if you don't got somebody next to you, slide over next to somebody else and tell them. Let's go. Do it. Practice it. I praise God for. Say it. You kids too, get in there. Get in on that. I praise God for cookies. I praise God for donuts. I praise God for Pop-Tarts. I don't know, whatever. All right, you've done it once, good. You don't get away with once, now you gotta do it again, so think about something different. You don't get to say the same thing again, so think about something different. Turn to the other person on the other side, or behind you or in front of you, and say, I praise God for, and tell them, go, do it, practice it. I praise God. Maybe, maybe that was the first time you've ever said that phrase. Maybe that was, maybe, maybe that was the first time in a long time that you actually said something that you meant in relationship to God and you praise God for it. Awesome. Praise God for that. Can I tell you, this can be a regular, a regular practice of your life. Especially in those dark moments, especially in those moments where Satan is bringing up, our enemy is bringing up in your mind stuff that's not excellent, stuff that's not pure, stuff that's not lovely, stuff that's not commendable, stuff that's that, that he does so well at, at getting in underneath our skin, those things that, that he tries to mess us up with. Instead, battle that with, I praise God for. Because listen, your life is going to be full of Satan trying to do everything he can to get a hold of your mind. Why? Because out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. Another way of saying that is out of the overflow of your heart, you live your life. That, that's why Solomon, when he writes, and unfortunately, he didn't practice this, but he wrote it. He said, 
Guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart, for out of it flows everything of life. Sadly, Solomon didn't even take his own advice. And he was led astray away from God. Didn't have to be that way. Didn't have to be that way. Doesn't have to be that way in your life either. Praise. Are you willing to soak up God? So much so that he takes residence in your brain, in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, and and you can't help but exalt him. You can't help but praise him. You can't help but tell other people about him. And here's the thing you need to realize. Praise and worship is not just something we do once a week. Guess what? Check out Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. Here's what it says. After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from every tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Guess what, y'all? We're going to be worshiping for eternity. And someday we're going to get to worship God face to face. How awesome is that going to be? How amazing is that going to be? Come Lord Jesus, come. Let's do this today. Let's, t- let's get it out now. That'd be amazing. We're going to praise God for the rest of our lives. Why not start practicing it now? The benefits of, of praising God, of letting his praise be continually on my lips, man, It is an amazing, amazing thing that can happen in our life. So, what will it be for you? As we said earlier, and we said, asked you to ask God to speak to your heart, I wonder, what is he speaking to you about today? The follow-up question to that is, what did God speak to you about today? Whatever it is, are you willing to take that and share that with somebody? I know know oftentimes I joke about this and, and say, you know, Text somebody, but I'm serious, seriously, as a heart attack right now, take out your phone, get your phone out. Y'all ain't moving. Get your phones out. Let's go. Some of y'all are like, I'm already texting. Um, get your phone out, and if you text, text somebody in there. And if you want to, just say, I praise God for you. Here, I'm in church, and our pastor's telling us to text, so I'm texting you and letting you know this is what I learned today. Do it. Right now, don't just talk about doing it and then get in your car and forget about it. Do it now. Get your phone out, text somebody, and say, you know what, I praise God for whatever. The rain, I praise God for the crops, I praise God, I don't, whatever. Just whatever it is that God's speaking to you about today, share it with somebody. Why? Because it helps cement it in your heart. Why? Because you're called to go and make disciples who make disciples, so why not make a disciple by sharing Jesus with somebody today? The beauty that may come as a result of you being obedient to that and what he's calling you to do. If you would, just close your eyes, bow your head. Worship team's going to come lead us in one last song. Our prayer is is that you will, as you worship, as you sing this praise, that it'll be more than just a bunch of words, but it'll be the heartbeat of your heart. Ask yourself, what am I filling up the sponge of my heart with? Because whatever it is you're filling it up with is what's going to be wrung out in your life especially when the heat's turned up, especially when the pressure's applied, especially when, when something or someone is wringing out your life. It's in those moments that the true nature of your heart becomes very, very apparent. Are you willing to let God be the sole dweller of your heart? If you know him, 
Awesome. If you don't know him, hey, awesome. Put your faith and trust in him right now. You have the opportunity. There's no magical prayer. There's no special set of words that you've got to say. God just wants you to hear. He just wants to hear from you. And if your desire is to know him, he wants you to know that he loves you and cares deeply for you and longs to be in relationship with you. Express your heart to him. God knows your heart. He knows the reality and the trueness of it. I don't, but God does. You're here and you know him. His worship, his praise, is that something that constantly is on your mouth? Father, thank you that you know our hearts and you love us. You care deeply for us. Thank you that, that God, your desire is that we would praise you continually. We would bless you at all times. Thank you, God, that you are worthy of praise. The things that you have done for us, the things that you're doing for us, the things that you will. Wow, what an awesome God. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, let's stand. Let's sing this last song.